You have to trust that the dots will somehow connect in your future. You have to trust in something. Your gut, destiny, life, karma, whatever. Stay hungry. Stay hungry, stay foolish. This is the e-commerce all-stars podcast brought to you with heart by Nadimo.com. Hey everyone. Thanks for joining today's podcast with your host, Brandon Moskwa and my beautiful guest host, Nicole Ryla. And we have the amazing, well-dressed Bob Fibs, the retail doc. Thank you. Uh, here today. And We've got a long list of things to talk about, Bob, and I know you're not prepared, so we'll see how it goes. But Everything uh, is great. <laughs> Retail is so, thriving like never before. And we're coming to you from shop.org. Yes, thank you for that. Live. <laughs> um, well, it was supposed to be live. It's not, though. We're dead? Yes. Okay. Um, but that all said, thank you for being here, both of, of you. It's a privilege and a pleasure. You guys actually are my two favorite people, and oh. I don't say that. Aww. Can I my 10 bucks now? <laughs> no, no. I'm saying that genuinely. All right. I learned a couple things from you. You can be your favorite you. guy, and I yes. can be your favorite gal. Yes, in, in the Fair. industry. Fair, that way we won't have to share my, the title. My real favorite gal is my wife. <laughs> of course. I mean, in the And my real favorite in the retail gal world. is actually my son, in but the in the world of retail, world. Right. <laughs> your two are my favorites. Nice. Absolutely, and I'll tell you why. Um, you're always an inspiration to me. Thank you very much. Uh, When we did my podcast last time, uh, you talked a lot about gratitude and and a lot of things that just kind of uplifted me. And I like to listen to it every once in a while for motivational purposes. Um, And I love you very much because you're just always a positive person and your energy shows through in everything you're doing. Thank you. That's so kind. So anyway, enough of the... I love you guys. Uh, <laughs> the one thing that I did want to talk about today was um, her name was Ava Apron. She's from Centor, uh, what Sertona, I guess. And she said to me, she said, a large reason for the bankruptcies are due to the lack of embracing digital. And I, oh, please. I wanted to hear your honest opinions about that. Well, really. Nicole, you could go. I didn't. Oh, that's a great I thought, question. I thought well, it might be good to bring up because... You kind of cross the chasm a little more. I'm straight e-commerce, and you're very brick much in brick and mortar. So I thought it'd be really But you go first, because he likes you better. So, so here's the thing. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a huge fan of brick and mortar. I've always mm-hmm. been a huge fan of brick and mortar, and I don't think brick and mortar is going anywhere. Nope. What I do think is that digital is part of that omni-channel experience that leads consumers to purchase whether that purchase is e-commerce or whether that purchase is in a physical storefront, I do think digital is very influential in the experience of consumers. So digital, of course, though, is a really big, fancy, misunderstood word in Mm -hmm. so many ways. So what does that really mean? I can't speak for what this gal Ava said specifically, but digital is so often misunderstood. I think physical brick and mortar is very much alive and well. Mm-hmm. And I think digital influences in way too many ways to narrow it down to be right or wrong or bad or good. That's fair. Um, because I think you can use you can use digital in brick and mortar in many ways. But I'd like to hear your thoughts on that. Because it was a bold statement to say that bankruptcies are caused by that. That's a stupid question. Sorry. 
Radio well, Shack what? would not be would yeah. not be solved yeah. you by having. You come on my show and say it's a stupid question. I did just say that. You said you wanted my my bold answers. No, not a bold, oh, stupid question. Favorite. I don't know about <laughs> that anymore. No, no. stupid. An- yeah, stupid question because because at the end of the day, Radio Shack would not be saved oh. by digital. I'm sorry, Radio Shack was. It, a, a bad technology it had a tough time. Dirty stores, et cetera, et cetera. Stores, a lot of stores are going out because look, a lot of retailers made money in their stores reasonably well through the fifties and sixties, and then things started getting kind of bad in the sixties and seventies. So they went to Wall Street and said, "Hey, we don't know how to make money at this. Do you give us some money?" And they're like, "Yeah, sure, absolutely." And then the eighties, we just built because money was cheap and we could put them everywhere. And so there was never the desire. There was never as much demand and desire as there was to have it every off ramp. It's a Starbucks or Panera Bread with a Michaels or Bed Bath & Beyond with a Home Depot or a Lowe's. It just didn't make sense, but money was cheap. And so we kept saying, look, all, we were opening all these stores, and great, great, great. And then we hit in the 90s, and it's like, uh, well, okay, we're doing all right. And then comes 2001. Oh, my God, 9-11. I feel horrible. What should we do? Go shopping and put it on the house. Okay, awesome. So now we're all saying, we are the best retailers in the world. And then what comes 2008, it's like, oh, yeah, that home thing? Yeah, probably was uh, like uh, House of Cards. And so now the retailers that were still standing go out to the hedge funds and say, we don't know how to make money. You know, Wall Street didn't help us. We want to go private. So the hedge funds say, well, that's great. Kind of like making a deal with Tony Soprano. You're going to pay us, uh, us first and then your vendors and stores. So the stores got less and less and... And they're out. So um, I do not believe retail is great. I do not believe brick-and-mortar store is Pollyanna. I'm sorry. The reality is we, we, are, we have too many places to buy too much of the same thing. I was reading somewhere like Dick's has 65% of the same product that everybody else does. At the same time, wages are going up where they have to pay the employees. Mm-hmm. Their own vendors that they made are opening boutique stores around them because they know exactly what ship to what location. And the final coup de grasses, or whatever it is, that fancy word, they're going direct to consumer to say, we're going to cut you right out of it. So to say that it's all fine, you know, I went into a Best Buy. Uh, people are like, oh, Best Buy's transformation is amazing. They're so great. I asked the girl at, at the counter, uh, the greeting section, if I could get some help over at a section. She was eating a bag of Doritos. <laughs> I'm like, what are you telling me? That everything is fine. No, it isn't. But you meet a guy like uh, the man we met uh, 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 with Ashley uh, Stewart, James Ree, who takes a brand that's struggling a few years ago and reinvents it and says, the best thing we are is about real people. Not bought, not artificial, not something online. We are about real people's lives, and we are going to inspire them. And he led, has led a movement. That's what retail can do. Hmm. But I go into most brick-and-mortar stores, and you got Bitter Betty behind the counter, and she hates life, and life sucks, and she feels bad working retail. Her boss doesn't take care of her. They're all trying to say, you got to convert more. They have no skills. Yeah. And they're left alone. So that's the difference. A great retailer feels like I belong. I'm going to open my heart when I come to work. I'm going to do everything. Mm-hmm. But I would venture to say 80 to 90% of retail does not engage that. And people actually feel more alone working there. 
and shopping there. Do you think that's too bold a statement, Nicole? No, I don't at all. I actually think you make some extremely valid points. I do no, think that I think the he's employees all dead wrong. Go on. So that could be a whole separate podcast, right? <laughs> no. I think that the employees and you were touching with, you know, Bitter Betty and so forth, I think the employees are such a pulse point among consumers and the influence of those retailers in which they're representing, right? Retailers too often are so excited about all these digital innovations and all these tech and all the social media that they forget that the real heartbeat to their store is actually that interaction. We're talking mm-hmm. physical brick and mortar stores right now. But behind the scenes, even in a digital e commerce space, you still have that employee touch, that human touch that influences everything else. And so I think that that is a really misunderstood and often overlooked part of the retail business at large today. And as Bob mentioned, um, one of the keynotes today was the gentleman from (laughs) Ashley Stewart, and he he made a lot of great points in regards to the consumers really driving the change within his company. And who has to make that happen, though? The employees have to make that happen. And I think that you know, we're getting too far advanced sometimes in retail in terms of tech and digital where we need to look back to that core conversation about bringing retail to life. Who's doing that? It's really the brand, the business behind the scenes, and the people who make up that beyond the brand ambassadors. They are the ambassadors of their stores. So I want to build on this. So at the yes. same time, mm-hmm. we are being led down this path by millennials and a lot of technology – that it's all about uh, order fulfillment is why we shop. Except that's wrong. Okay. Because 60% of shopping is I'm in awareness, I want to buy something. 30% is in consideration. Do I want black or brown? Do I want beige or, or, or green or whatever? And when I walk in the store, and 10% is decision, which is I want this turquoise notebook, those of you who are at home and listening, uh, that uh, Brendan has uh, with a little pink tiger on it <laughs> and a little bow. And, and they think that that is the future. But the problem with that is that's 10% of shopping. And if that's all it's going to be, then they just have an expensive warehouse. And at that point, why not fly a drone through the damn thing? Because nobody is going to care. And at that point, why do we need employees? And at that point, there is no heartbeat to a store. It is as cold and lifeless as Amazon. And to think that they aren't putting people out is really naive. 55% of search starts on Amazon. Mm-hmm. Amazon is like a search engine connected to a warehouse. Google doesn't even have that. Yeah. Well, so the Amazon, risks are really high. Yeah. And when people love to say, oh, it starts with a consu- customer, we love our customers. Like, you love the data point of a customer. But you show me a brand like Ashley Stewart, and I'll tell you, that should be the future of retail, where people feel belonging and these women who are discounted as plus sizes and they shouldn't be sexy and feel good. And suddenly they're being empowered to say, someone heard me. Right. And I want to own that power. That's what the election was about, right or left. There's people saying, you're not hearing me. And now we are doing this and saying, yeah, we can go on, you know, we can go on and scrape your site and see what you've been doing. It's like, that's not what we're talking about. People shop who are hopeful. They feel excited. They want to go change their life. She just had a baby. He's getting married. We're starting a, a garden, whatever. And they walk in and they meet nothing but price and promotion. Or join our app so that we can learn more about you. Or, you yeah. know what I mean? It's yeah. just backwards. And I see it at the top of luxury where we hear a guy or a gal has spent 18 years being a watchmaker. And it takes her nine months to make the watch. And they have this care with like this little 
egg, this little jewel, and they put it in a beautiful box, and then they give it to a boutique, and the boutique treats it like it's leftover French fries or something. <laughs> you're just like, you, you're, you, you missed it because they had their heart. They put it right there, and this little thing is saying, buy me, buy me. But you've got to connect with my heart before I'm ever going to be able to hear that story. To just think that you can tell me a story about 19 years in the watch business, that's not going to make it. It's what does it make me feel like when I walk in with two grand to drop on a watch and I feel like, wow, I can go do something with my life. Well, then you've got magic, and that's the people I work with as a retail doctor. But most people don't have the slightest idea what that takes. You know, you touch on a great point, Bob, because I've always said that sentiment drives purchase. Okay, so sentiment drives purchases, right? Well, as a consumer, sentiment is delivered to me through what? It's delivered through human experiences. Mm -hmm. And that goes back to the conversation that we were talking about of just, you know, the impact that people have on the employee side as well as the consumer side in the physical storefront side, as well as e-commerce. It really does. Mm -hmm. It's all about the sentiment. What's driving action to purchase? Well, Online is rats to the cheese, so let's be honest here. <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna manipulate you to go down this path, and you're gonna raise it. And I mean, and, and then you have to ask. So, even with all this technology, look at the 30 percent of apparel going back, 40 percent online. How does this scale with uh, free shipping both ways? Wall Street can make that happen, but not most retailers. And and what does it ultimately say? I didn't feel any connection with this. So it's easy for me to say, eh, get it out of here. I'll, actually, I'll wear it to a party, and then I'll return it because I know they'll take it back. Yeah, isn't that sad? I can honestly tell you I don't buy anything online. Really? That's I've done interesting. it. You know, I've, we can check that on your phone. And you can. Go look. Go look. Bob's going to look at my phone. There are zero apps for Amazon. There are zero apps for anything that drives me to an e-commerce destination because I do enjoy that physical experience. Now, to say I don't tr- um, browse online, that's a different – that's part of that omni-channel right. journey right. I was talking about earlier. Yes. And I usually do that from my mobile device. And it's, it certainly navigates me among social media, using hashtags, looking up, maybe I need a new dress, maybe I want a new purse, whatever it is, right? Um, home decor, anything. I use hashtags primarily to help me find my wow. inspiration. And through that, it drives me to consumer or commerce-focused sites, right? But ultimately, I go in store. So that's my unique path to purchase. But mm. I'm going to beg to say that's very different from many others, right? And that's what makes retail right now so dynamic and challenging because it is not a linear path, right? But my path does land in a physical storefront. That's funny. Uh, well, not funny, but it's interesting because mine used to be that way. Uh, in fact, when I started my first e-commerce job, so to speak, I didn't shop online. So I don't really know how I got the job. But anyway, uh, <laughs> I wasn't an online shopper. But then, I don't know, something happened in the store. My, the in-store experiences I got, I didn't enjoy. And so I just said, well, I can go online and buy this. Mm-hmm. And so nine times out of ten, I'm even telling my wife, you can just get that online. Uh, and that's primarily for that very reason mm-hmm. that I'm not – I go into these stores and people don't look up. They're busy on their phones or they're just not engaging with you. Um, and I, I mean, I grew up in retail. I was selling, you know, selling on the floor and, and I loved it. I loved that engagement with the people though, more so than trying to sell them something that they didn't need. 
I wanted to f- learn about them, find out what they wanted, what they needed, and you know, create that well, experience. Well, the money's in what they, right? what they want, not what they need. But well, that's another story. Yes, it's probably very true. Because <laughs> anybody needs but, a garden hose and pays 6 bucks for it, they're never going to buy a $50 garden hose unless you can show them why this one won't split and the other okay, thing so, that is lighter weight. So <laughs> Okay, so I found out they would need a garden hose, and then I'd upsell them to the $50 well, I, garden I would hope you hose. would, but now I think you've shown, <laughs> you've shown your true colors here, my friend. Maybe you okay. don't do that. Well, maybe. That's why you're here today, so... That could huh? be a good thing. Did you <laughs> He's saying that I sucked as a salesman, <laughs> so I, I had to quit that job. You tell me I got horrible questions. Well, you're from Canada, <laughs> so there's that. I'm just saying. Oh, Bob. I'm just saying that. Well, hey, I didn't work on commissions. That was the first problem. I always worked on commission. I love commission. Oh, yeah. Uh, so, you know, it's funny because I already pretty much guessed what the next thoughts are going to be, but I'm going to raise it. Um, Chatbots. I want to talk. I want to talk about them. You guys, quit your little back and forth here. Uh, <laughs> the reason I wanted to bring them up is because they seem to be everywhere. You go to a website, and the first thing that pops up is, "Hey, how can I help you?" And and if you really do some deep diving, a lot of those are either chatbots or people who, unfortunately, and I'm not belittling it, but people who English is a second language, and so. You almost, in some cases, I've actually asked, are you a chatbot? Because I know I could have got a better answer out of a chatbot. You don't but, think the chatbot was programmed to say no? Oh, no, it real probably person. was. Absolutely. With a little <laughs> smiley face and everything. I mean, I've, I programmed them that way exactly. <laughs> so, I, yeah, I'm not, I'm I'm not naive, but yeah, sometimes I am. <laughs> but I'd like to get your guys' thoughts on chatbots um, because the flip side to them is from a retailer's perspective, if... It could save save money, but I also know the opposite disadvantages to it. So I'd like to hear your thoughts, though. My my general thought mm-hmm. on chatbots, because it can get pretty complex, yeah. is that it's, there is a purpose for it. It offers opportunity, but it needs to be strategically identified for each unique retailer as to how it's used, right? It cannot eliminate the human customer service aspect. Yes, it should. Yes, it should. We oh, should I don't make think it, it entirely the matrix. We should get rid of all humans, wait for Skynet <laughs> to launch. We'll be all set. I just think I like that, that, that there's, a, there's, a, <laughs> there's definitely a piece of it available to support through customer service, an opportunity in conversation online, and engaging in that with consumers. But there needs to still have that human influence and touch and, and ultimately opportunity of connection still. Mm-hmm. Right, but again, every retailer is different. This cannot be a black and white scenario. No, that's right. There's a lot of gray depending on the mm-hmm. size of your business. What are you selling? Okay, if you're selling um, something that has a lot more personalization and customization for the customer, it's quite different than if you're buying um, a a new toaster. Right. So this personalization aspect, um, we actually built a chatbot for personalization. Um, but we did it from a perspective of, okay, you're going to, instead of just filling in a standard form, let's make it more conversational because um, we wanted to create. So they take a selfie and send it to your chat bot? <laughs> no. <laughs> Basically what it was used for is because instead of filling in a form with your measurements and that sort of thing, you're at least engaged in a conversation. You may or may not know it's a chat bot, but at the end you're, you're creating that kind of more a different feel to the site as, as opposed to being very closed off. Now, well, well I don't have said, a problem with chatbots. Okay, I mean, 
It's online, so what do I care? I'm a brick-and-mortar guy. I am the retail wow. doctor, by the way. You can find out more at retaildoc.com. Uh, <laughs> I'm the person guy. I'm the why people hire to go, and how do we increase conversions through people, not by widgets. But having said that, there's an awful lot about chatbots that make sense. You know, I sell my sales training, salesrx, salesrx.com. Mm-hmm. And uh, it, we have a mega page. I have all kinds of assets explaining everything. You know what the number one question that I get this is a monthly program. It says one ninety five a month. Right. And you're like, shoot me, would you? So for me, having a chatbot that would say, yes, you idiot. No, I'm kidding. Right. But if it would just well. say, yes, it's one ninety. It starts at, at, at it's a monthly program. Yeah. And get those ten questions everybody mm-hmm. answers locked in. That right. saves me time. And then yes. it says, you know what? To me, the best then can go through and say. Hey, um, this guy has more questions and immediately takes into my phone so that yeah. I can take over as a human being. Right. That's what I think is the brilliant part. Yes. Uh, but also machine learning. So all of a sudden, if what those aren't the questions people are asking anymore and they're asking about your little blue notebook with your little fluffy kitten on it and they keep asking <laughs> questions, then I, can, then I can say, it already learned all that. Yeah. And so uh, I think there's a, a place, again, online to me is artificial anyway. So why not use you know, Splenda and why not have VR and all that other stuff? It's not real anyway, so why oh. not do everything? Because I would feel the same way. It'd be less friction if I don't have to wait. And, you know, let's face it, most online ones, you're having to wait for an operator to come on mm-hmm. and then they have the same script. Hi, it's Veldo. Yeah. Um, we want to give exceptional customer service, so it might take... And you're like, just shoot me. I just want the answer, <laughs> which a chatbot scales. Yes, so on that side, and it doesn't have to... It can recognize misspellings and it yeah. can have idioms so i think uh, there's a there's a good place for that the danger is that um we don't even have you know we have chat bots in the stores can i help right. you find something do you have a budget do you know how much you do you know what you want to you know you want to buy it today or tomorrow you know well some of the chat bots in the store might be more personal than some of the they could you get, be but i but i think to be honest with you what you were talking about there about that actual engaging individual in the stores and treating it starts with treating your employees well and making them feel like they're actually part of something now nicole you don't believe that right no you should not treat your employees well at all absolutely no, no i don't believe Isn't, that uh, yours is around here somewhere <laughs> right, she was place. taking pictures she's gone now that was right. her benefit i see jasmine's gone all right yes okay yeah the gal who works for me is just taking pictures no of course i believe that 100 percent. 100 percent. yeah no and i think that's i mean at the heart of every business i believe that that's the core is the employee um, I think you've said it very well yourself previously. Tell to me, me again, as the retail doctor, what did I say that was brilliant? I don't know now. It's something about employees. You had a conversation with a boss once, and he said your employees that, are your most important yeah, asset. Yeah, that's the one. So can you say so that? Tell me that story again just very quickly. Oh, my quickly. goodness. Uh, and so I'm at a meeting, what, and, the, and the owner asks, uh, what's the company's most important asset? And I go, that's easy. It's employees. He's like, wrong. I'm like, Wrong? So he goes around the room, asks these different people. Nobody gets it right. Finally, he goes, it's customers. It's customers uh, is the most important asset. So after me, I come down to his office. I go, customers can go anywhere, and they're not loyal. Right. And I've built this business for 14 years um, based on our employees, and I can't work for a company like this. I'm out in two weeks. Like, what? It's like, I'm out in two weeks. I'm done. That was like, I was so, that was a gift for me because <laughs> it's like the universe saying, here's your time. Right. Yeah. Here it is. Go through or 
or draw back, and I, and I didn't. And invariably, that's the clients I work for, is to say, our employees are most important asset. We've either neglected or we haven't done things as well. And how do we get back on track? And I think that's, again, James Rhee, I can't say enough about him mm-hmm. at uh, Austin Stewart. He saw that. Ashley and he's, Stewart. I, thank Ashley. you. He's a humanitarian. He was a, he was a, a high school teacher. He, um, he just came about it from this opening his heart to another human being. And I think ultimately, no matter what business you're in, that's it. But the cold, icy fingers of technology, I think, um, so it works. So here's the analogy I'm going to use in the blog. So I, an awful lot of vendors in these things kind of like, hair, I just baked a cake. And you're like, it's a cake. How are you going to use it? Oh, I just, I just came up with a cake. Isn't this great? You're like, dude, how does that fit against chocolate and strawberry? You know, the right one would say, we just made a vanilla cream cake and it's going to compete against the strawberry and the chocolate cake because it's going to do this and this and this. And you're like, awesome. But to many of them, it's like you had an idea, not unlike retailers or restaurateurs. I had an idea. I have a cake. You're like, dude, you're not the first one that came up with a cake. Right. How's the cake fit into, I don't know, our bakery here? Well, I don't know, but I have a, I have a cake. <laughs> and you're like, yeah, that's not it. That, and so it doesn't work and i think that's the same thing i have an employee it's like yeah well, what are you going to do with it are you going to look at it as an asset or liability mm-hmm. the smart ones like ashley stewart look at them as a, a asset and said bring them closer mm-hmm. but there's a whole element in retail right now which is you know cut the get the scheduling programs get them off the off the 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 uh, budget and certainly get them off sales floor and the trouble with that is that stores that were designed to work on six are working on two. And there is no way, if you have any modicum of traffic, that that's possible. And now you add omni-channel orders in where they've got to pick stuff as it comes in, and suddenly you've made the store a warehouse. Your employees are pickers. And I think that's where retail is headed right now, which is why, if you're in the bigger stores, I'm not as bullish on that. Because I think the small, passionate brands still can do it. And they've got a following, and people feel something. That's why Ashley Stewart, he's been in three or four conferences in the last uh, year telling his story. That's what we're all doing. We want someone just to say, tell me your story and be heard. That's it. That, in its nugget, that's what great customer service is. I hear you. I welcome you. Let me share something for myself. And, and yet we walk into a store, and it's dead. Mm-hmm. You know, no music playing. Nothing interesting, but it's to buy one, get one free. It's right. 99 cents off. It's, it's dirty, and someone's hanging out behind the counter who doesn't want to work there. And, Eating Doritos. And then, and then, <laughs> yeah. and then I'll go to a, a big meeting, and I hear their CEO like, oh, we value every customer. I'm like, have you been in your stores? Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that happens too often, And I take aim at those because, frankly, look, life's too short. Retail is on fire right now. I just say it doesn't have to be you. There just isn't demand for as many endless aisles. You know, somebody was saying, oh, Amazon's not the problem. Amazon just added five, something like 50 million SKUs this year, in the last year. 55% of search starts with them. So I just say, if you're listening to this, you're a retailer, you don't have the luxury of a negative thought. You better get back to basics, which is what is happening in our stores at a human level. And if you don't care, you don't want to do it, then I don't think Omnichannel is going to save you. Because to your point, there's still too many people who go into a store, right? Well, I'll just, I'm going to say one thing that I heard very clearly, and that's that you don't have the luxury of a negative thought. Um, and one thing I've learned from you very clearly is, is that 
um, just you got to be positive. And uh, just like your story you just told about when you walked away from, from the retail outlet you were with, I mean, it's, I'm sure you had some tough times after that. I mean, I'm not going to pretend you didn't. It was a didn't. tough couple of years, yeah. but I was glad on the other. I became the retail doc because of that, which was well, great. By the way, go. retaildoc.com. That's retaildoc.com. Thank you. You're Very welcome. <laughs> <laughs> but we're all just looking yes. for somebody to listen to. We're all just sitting around the campfire holding hands. Hope, hope it, you know, it's your turn. Let, let me welcome you into my world. Oh, let, let me welcome but we're in a really you bad age. You haven't welcomed me into your world today. You've just it's the kept shirt. pushing Too me much out. Partial. Too much purple. <laughs> oh, yeah. You guys, for all of you so viewers you listening, at, or I should say listeners listening at home, they both have very colorful, good-looking shirts on. Some I, with paisley. I, yeah, some with mine's a little bit too much paisley. <laughs> I know that. I, I custom designed the shirt Did you? Myself, it's cool. No, is, I like it. That's no, cool. It's very Canadian. And uh, Well, <laughs> it, was, it was by a Canadian company, actually. It was on my podcast, the very I love first it. show. So I thought, you know what? He was on the very first show. I'll buy a shirt off of him. And I actually went a little overboard oh, with I like it. The dark you guys both color. look great. Both your shirts are very, very cool. Good. And I, I, I should <laughs> also note that... We have orange and purple shoelaces, respectively. Oh, my God. <laughs> you guys are that. competing hey. on the wardrobe. I like it. <laughs> I don't think I could beat out Bob. He's got quite the wardrobe. I, this is my only shirt. <laughs> nice. Um, yeah. So, no, I, I mean, I don't, I don't really have a lot of other thoughts. I just really appreciated yours. Um, but I want to hear more from you because you've been silent over there, just kind of throwing in the odd jest here. What have you... What have you thought about the conference and picked up from it? Let's you know what? On that. The conference has been interesting in the sense that there's a lot of different opportunity for retailers, obviously, to learn mm-hmm. here. The education that's been delivered on their stage, on their main stage, they have these tech talks happening. They have a tech lab. Um, that, for me, has been a favorite part, for sure. Because right there's just, you know, like the retail doc that I get to sit across from right now, there's a <laughs> lot of insight to be learned. And that, for me, has been the best part of the shop.org this cool. year. Absolutely. Yeah, and you... Now, I completely forget who you've been talking about and raving about the whole show, but for me, the uh, Adam Grant was a great great presation he did it was very short i was surprised um but he he's he wrote he wrote the originals um and uh i actually tried to get him on my podcast so if you're listening adam i'm very disappointed and i could say that because i know he's not um but no anyway i thought i thought what he had to say was really good and it um he really talked about um he talked in a sense about a lot of the things we talked about, just in a different manner, um, and and also talked about the backwards pitch in regards to tell people what your weaknesses are right up front, um, which was it was kind of an interesting way of, of twisting things. Like he said, he used examples of people going out to pitch their company, and this is these are the three or these are the five reasons you shouldn't invest in us because it kind of breaks down those barriers and they start thinking okay well now i can't come up with some more now it's very interesting it's a very high level explanation of it i can see you grinning there i think you've got some thoughts and actually the one thing that he did say though um and this is you told me oh you always come up with five points of gratitude every day you don't have to work hard for it and one of the things that he said today is the opposite do three because three is easy and it makes you feel good about yourself 
Um, but He's I like a jerk. Clearly, <laughs> <laughs> doesn't push himself hard enough. Is, Go he, for five. He must be a jerk because he doesn't because he uh, wasn't on my exactly. show. Exactly, there were many reasons. <laughs> no, anyhow, I say you have to search for five because three is easy. It is, and I'm sure if you're a parent, oh, I'm grateful for my kids and. I'm grateful for my health, <laughs> and I'm grateful for something else. Yeah, well, when you've got to go five, you have to really stop and realize, wow, there's probably 100. Oh, but absolutely. five is hard, and then five you're looking for tomorrow, and it can't be the same. Mm-hmm. So, uh, And that's interesting to say all the reasons. I mean, again, I think the danger is a personal style getting in the way, because if you came to me and said you were trying to sell me that shirt, now you probably don't like this shirt because you can probably only wear it with a few things. And it's it's really hard to iron. And a lot of people find the collar folds over the back, but it's really a great shirt. I'm sure you'd like it. You'd be like, Really? <laughs> I mean, so I yeah, I don't know how that works style. in retail actually. That's well, a but even good point. <laughs> if you're trying to get a loan, you walk into the to the bank. You know, the reason you won't give me a loan is I don't make enough and I have missed payments on my other loans and um <laughs> actually I I only am in a regular job for 2 months uh, a year and then I'm gone. So but do you think you get so I think it's personal style. You know, I sell yes. a process to sell that works for me and seems to resonate with other people at the because it, doc. Yeah, but still it's how do we nice, but it still <laughs> comes down to me is we're all just telling a story. So the example I typically use is no matter what the interaction is, imagine walking in, uh, you're listening at home or in the car. Imagine you, you don't never seen the wizard of Oz and you walk in 20 minutes late. Hmm. Who's, Dorothy and what's with the red shoes and why are they going to Oz and most of us want to just get to the point but the problem is that first 20 minutes the movie lays the pipe it lays the foundation that the rest of it works and that's the same thing in selling so for me that starting off trying to say I'm going to jump into the movie and then back into it is for me would be I would personally have trouble with that but just thinking like how do I engage a stranger in a way that they at least like me? Mm-hmm. That's, However that's going to be. And that's not just retail. That's, that's me as a speaker. I've got to come up with some way to get you to laugh or, or at least let your guard down so you're not standing there with your arms <laughs> crossed. I hate this guy already because he doesn't look like me or he's old or he's filling the blank. There's a million things people come to an, as an audience do. But, you know, as a motivational speaker, you have to be aware. We're just laying pipe because the finish is down here. And that's true in selling, and I think that's true as you're a writer, Nicole. What a, do you think? How Absolutely. does that play out in, in writing? Yeah, it's really – perception can be a beast, right? Perception. You're kind of talking about that. People make perception. They're sitting in a seat. They're looking at a speaker. They're making a perception, which equals judgment sometimes. You go online, you're doing the same thing. You walk in the store, you're doing the same thing. When I write an article, same exact thing. That opening sentence is the start of a judgment based on what that person captures from that, right? By the conclusion, hopefully I've won. Captured their attention positively. <laughs> well, because, you know, if you don't, they're not even going past the first sentence. That's, that's exactly right. And that's say. what I'm saying. If you, if you get to the conclusion, end, then, then we're, we're all good. But, yeah. yes, of course. So, and that is, that happens in so many aspects of life, certainly in retail. Right on. Well, any final parting words of wisdom from, from yourself, Nicole? My final parts of Windsor are that I've learned so much today from the Retail Doc and from you, Brandon, and from Shop.org. It's been fun. And honestly, just keep your eyes open because 
if you if you're not paying attention, you're going to miss out. Absolutely, and it doesn't mean you have to pick up every single trend happening or being spoken about or being talked about on a podcast or being delivered on stage. It just means listen, learn, react. You know, and obviously stay centered to within your core business and the employees that ultimately will capture the dollars and attention from consumers. I'm going to just weigh in with one thing. I just like the word curiosity. You have to be curious, I think, about people. Um, I was talking to Jasmine uh, earlier today, and she was asking me how I do what I do with the podcast, and I pretty much said, well, I'm just genuinely curious about people and and their story and what they have to share. Um, And and I think that works in so many aspects of everything that you do. Um, And... Anyway, that's just my fi- my word of wisdom, which I don't normally do, but I had to throw it out there. <laughs> and, Save the best for last there, Bob. Yeah. Uh, Go know. for exactly. it. I don't know. I, 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 the, the line I use with all of my uh, retail clients and audiences now is, um, you, don't have, you don't have time to have the luxury of a negative thought. Uh, like there that. really is horrible things going on in retail right now. It's not hard to dig. Um, yes, there are success stories, but there are challenges. And the problem we do is we get overwhelmed with it. We pull back. We cut salaries. We lower hours. We throw more stuff on sale. And we get busy with stuff instead of really it all starts with the customer. So who is she? Why today is she willing to put down her iPad she was looking at last night with iPad with the while half watching Game of Thrones to get dressed up or leave the kids to get in a car to go through the snow, the sleet, the rain to find a parking place and she walks into your door. That is a damn gift. You know, in sales, we call that a lead. That is a gift. We don't do that. We don't just like, you know, let's go to the mall. Let's spend three hours. It'll be awesome. We'll get our <laughs> hair done and we'll go shopping and then we'll be – we don't do that. I don't know that I ever did that. But but this idea, it's a gift that just walked in the door. So that's why big companies like Shopper Track and the other ones are really looking on conversion. And people think the answer to conversion is more beacons and more all of that stuff. And I just say it's easier than you're making it. I always say three simple steps just because I really love everything you just said. It is a damn gift, Bob. I agree. Damn gift. Be starstruck. Treat them like royalty. Get their autographs. What is that? (laughs) You know, that's it. That's that's red carpet customer service. That's (laughs) mine, Bob. That's mine. Copyrighted by me. What was the first one? Be starstruck. Be starstruck. Okay, so if Angelina Jolie or whoever your favorite celebrity walks through this your door, right, at a store. You'd stop everything. You're starstruck. You stop everything. That's exactly right. What do you do next? You treat them like royalty. There are expectations and standards when you support Princess Kate and, you know, Prince Williams and so forth. There literally are standards set in place, right? You as a store need to set your standards. And then, of course, get their autograph. Does that always mean capturing a sale? No. Sometimes it means getting... Damn well better. Damn well better, right, but... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I, can't take, I can't take you always seriously, Bob. <laughs> but what does that mean? Get their John autograph or their John handcraft. It means, yeah, you want that sale, that signature for a credit card receipt, but it also means their email. How are you going to stay in touch? That autograph can be interpreted in so many ways. So three steps to red carpet customer service, and it, and it can translate in store or online. And, and thank them for having done that because Absolutely. you got that gift. Yes. That gift that's up to you to unwrap. That's and right. that's why people get upset. And that's why, you know, I... I, I I'm always surprised when people tell me they have bad, you know, people, the customers are so mean at them. 
And it's like, well, <laughs> if if they're mean at you, it probably means you didn't respect me when I bought this. Right. So it now comes back full force at the end when they find a chance to vent. And now they do it online or they tell their girlfriend, their friends. And so um, just be aware you can control all of this. It's your four walls. It's the one place to play that nobody else gets to get in there. So why not have fun with it? Well, when a customer's mean at you, there may be very well be a reason. They might have had a bad day. Like I had a guy blow up at me once when I was in retail. Just I just said, how is it going today? I'm just shopping. I'm just looking. And he got all mad at me. I'm like, that's fine, sir. I was just asking how your day was and genuinely meant it. And next thing you know, he opened up and he had had a horrible day. And he was all apologetic. And I don't remember, honestly, if he bought anything or not. Because at that point, the guy had had a bad day. And that was my job. But you're a nice guy. You would have won him over. I yeah I did win him over, but I don't know. Like I said, it's a, the it's important about them. part. It's to not me about you. That's about the thing him. you didn't take yeah. personally. No, and then if I exactly. tweet your friends, yeah, <laughs> exactly. So, but no, thank you both very much for being on the show, Bob RetailDoc.com, and Retail Minded Nicole Riley. Ryla. Ryla. Yep. Married into that, that mess. I say it every day. <laughs> Nicole Ryla from RetailMinded.com. So thanks, guys. Thanks thank for you. having us. Look at that shirt. You have to trust that the dots will somehow connect in your future. You have to trust in something. Your gut, destiny, life, karma, whatever. Stay hungry. This is the e-commerce all-stars podcast brought to you with heart by nadimo.com.